You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 559 for June 2nd, 2021. On today's show, vocalist Nina Freelon. This show exists because listeners become members. Please become one today for $5 or $10 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Also, share this podcast on your social media or with someone you know who you think would like it. You can even, I guess, talk to another human being if that's your thing. Just let them know about the jazz session. It's a great way to spread the word. Nina Freelon's new album is called Time Traveler. I wake up Before I put on my makeup I say a little prayer for you Nina Freelon, welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you, it's good to be here. It is wonderful to have you. Um, We're going to talk about a new album that's called Time Traveler, but actually, first I want to pay you a, a 19 years late compliment which is, um, I think in 2002, you put out an album uh, called Tales of Wonder, and I was working at a jazz station in Rochester, New York at the time, and I played the heck out of that record. And I, my general policy about covering Stevie Wonder is don't. But um, that album definitely turned me around on the idea of other people uh, playing Stevie's songs. And so... Uh, because I don't think I interviewed you back in the day, uh, now I'd like to start this show by going 19 years in the past <laughs> and saying, I really love that record, and I just wanted you to know. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. That actually is my policy, too. Don't cover Stevie, or cover Stevie at your own risk, <laughs> uh, because uh, he he built the safe and kept the keys to a lot of his songs. That is so, absolutely um, true. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we have time traveled, let's uh, let's come back up into the past um, to time traveler. And this it's a it's a album that is somewhat challenging to know how to start talking about because it begins in a real place of of grief and loss. And I I really can't think of any other way to start talking about it than to say that and to ask you to say whatever you would like to say about how the album came to be. Ooh, okay. Um, well, Time Traveler is not a concept record. 
um, we do a lot of concept records and themed records where we tribute this songwriter or that songwriter or this time period. This is a life themed. <laughs> if there is a theme, it's life. So it emerged directly out of um, where I am at this point in my life. I've been out here in the world making music for um, over, you know, four decades. And uh, at this point, this is the only project I could have envisioned because this is what I was living. And we are improvisational beings, we, we jazz musicians. We, um, um, we move at the tempo and the flow of life. And my husband passed away in July of 2019 from ALS. And the prior three years, um, I was his primary muse and caregiver. So this music, music was a bridge between us also. Bridge, music was a way for us to, um, to travel to the past to wonderful memories, to, um, you know, to just enjoy our life. It deepened the relationship that we had, I think. And it also proved to me once again that music as an art form is a durable tool for, for working through stuff, for living, for life, uh, for joy bringing, and a place, a container to put the sad times as well. Can you say more about that? Can you say more about music as a way to work through things? Because I, I completely agree, and I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on how you use it for that purpose. Well, how funny is it that um, a song can carry us emotionally? We can smell the smells, we can feel the feels, as a result of entering into a song, entering into a moment. It carries our our experience of a, of a time. And so when I look at some of the music on Time Traveler, it was all, all of the songs were chosen because they, I had a history with them or um, there was an emotional trigger some kind of way. And when I look at a tune like, let's say, um, I do a medley of Marvin Gaye tunes. So one of those tunes is Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing. I remember when I, when I first heard that tune, Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell, Beautiful Voices. It was, it was such, a, such a song of innocence and hope, really. You know, I see your picture hanging on the wall, but it, it, you know, it don't seem to come to me when I call your name. I realize it's just a picture in a frame. Now, maybe the person is away at war. Maybe the person is on a, you know, on an extended business trip. Or maybe the person is just in the next county and you're going to see him next weekend, but you miss him so much. In my case, my husband has, has transitioned. He's passed on. So, so the meaning and the depth and the irony of the song takes on a, the song takes on a different temperature. It takes, and that's what great music does. It accompanies you on your life travel and, um, 
and 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 can shift and sh- shift its, its shape um, depending on where you are and what you are bringing to the moment in the present time. If this world were mine, I would place at your feet all that I own. You've been so good to me. If this world were mine, if this world were mine, I'd give you the flowers, the birds, and the bees with your. That would be all that I need If this world were mine And unlike many of us, um, you have yet another layer added to that, I think at least, because you're also performing these songs. Um, You know, whereas I hear songs that make me feel a certain way, that's my primary interaction with them is that I hear them or maybe I sing along with Mm -hmm. them. But you're actually, (laughs) you know, you're performing them uh, for the rest of us to hear. And especially with, I know you've always uh, chosen repertoire that, you know, has a, has meaning for you, but especially on this album, I, I wonder what, I mean, what was that like to, to take these songs that are so full of meaning and and have to not only hear them but actually interpret them as well. Hmm, that's an awesome question. Actually, um, a lot of times artists enter into a space thinking, I know I did, feeling that it was something that they had to do just to get it out in the world because art and creativity is medicine. Let's just face it. It's a way of healing. And so you're not really thinking about, you know, necessarily how to do it. You're just compelled to do it. And I wasn't really sure, honestly, how the voice would, you know, singing is an emotional enterprise. So Would the voice break? You know, how would I approach? I just had to. It was something I could not avoid because it was a place that I felt um, I needed to kind of inhabit. So I trusted. You know, it was a lot of trust. I, I trusted that I would just enter into the moment we would see what happens. There was a degree of fearlessness there because the worst thing possible had already happened to me. What if it didn't sound great? Well, what the hey? What if it, what if my voice broke? Well, that's real. You know, what if I started sobbing in the middle? Take two. Or leave the sob in there because that's real. So grief also brought a kind of fearlessness, whereas in years past, I might have been, let's do another take. Nina, it's been five takes. <laughs> well, I think I could do it better. Um, there was none of that. It was, it was an honest, authentic expression of where I was 
dig it or don't dig it. It's all good. This is something I had to do. But let me tell you, let me tell you what, what's so interesting. Here I am thinking this is my process. This is my loss. This is my special um, beloved that has passed. What I have found is it's universal. I think it's personal. And it ends up being a universal moment that everyone has experienced some kind of loss in some kind of way. And by me um, agreeing to be honest and authentic, it allows everybody else in earshot to go there also. Sweep away my fear So I fly straight and true Let the voice within my soul Sing of my love for you Every breath a sweeter song Not the music or the tune or the candle in this room. Just you. These are all songs that uh, not only you, but I imagine the you know the many of the listeners will know and love pretty dearly. I mean, these are kind of songs that are part of the fabric of American musical culture, and I wonder, given the your familiarity w- with the songs when you were actually recording them and especially recording them against this backdrop did you did you discover new things did you hear the lyrics differently were there things that maybe surprised you or or jumped out to you that that might not have in another setting yeah yeah it was the level of um the layers of reality the, the different it's almost like a song is a prism like a diamond like it refracts the light of your experience in a different way, depending on where you're standing. And you turn, 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 turn. You turn it this way, you turn it that way. And all these colors and layers spill out. And the older you are, the more experience you've had, the more life that you've lived, the more experience can be um, had in in any given song. So I, I was surprised that Ain't No Mountain High Enough, for example, was such an anthem of hope and um, positive possibility. Um, it, it always seemed like a joyous song, but it, ha- it held another kind of joy for me in singing it in the medley um, at, at that point. Because, yeah. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough to keep me from getting to you. And I am able to reach out to my husband and he's able to reach out to me wherever he is. Um, the spirit remains vibrant. The personal personality remains whole. And we're in communication a lot of times through music.
Let's take a quick break from the interview to remind you about becoming a member. The Jazz Session exists and has existed for 14 years because people like you move from listeners to members. There are two membership levels at thejazzsession.com slash join. The first is the $5 level, at which you get early access to all the shows, plus every single week you get a bonus episode called the Track of the Week. That's where an artist plays a track for you from one of their records and tells you a little bit of the story behind the song and the album. So that's at the $5 level. At the $10 level, you get early access and you get the Track of the Week, and you also get a monthly bonus episode, which could be just about anything. Sometimes it's extra material from the interviews that got cut just for time reasons. Sometimes it's a completely new interview with a jazz fan or other person involved in the music. That's at the $10 level. So join today at thejazzsession.com slash join. And now back to the interview. fallen star to shine on you so I'll know where you are or the rainbows in your favorite shade I grew up in a, a family uh, that was not good at all at dealing with grief and loss um, often didn't have any kind of ceremony when people passed um often didn't acknowledge, you know, what had happened. No, certainly no, uh, you know, therapy involved anywhere in, in most of the years of my family <laughs> until, you know, my generation. And, um, and so the idea of <clears throat> the idea of even kind of privately inside the family dealing with grief, let alone publicly doing it was something that I will say is fairly new in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm, almost 50, but maybe in the last 10 years or so, it's something that I've been able to explore more. What's your own background of, of dealing with loss? Were you, were you in a, either a a family or a a chosen family that allowed you to have the space you needed to, to explore it? Yeah, we, we're, we're a creative bunch. When I was growing up, there were formal traditions, um, funerals, memorial services, um, and even speaking of the um, of the ones that have passed on in um, everyday conversation, and not pretending that that they don't have a relationship with you just because they've died, so they become ancestors, um, and they are spoken about on a daily basis, and that seemed normal to me. Um, but the formal ways of commemorating someone's life in a pandemic is, was, was, you know, just totally turned around that you couldn't gather and you couldn't hug each other and you couldn't do the things that primates do when they are stressed. So um, music became an even more important tool in my mind um, 
to bring a kind of ever refreshing way of remembering the tunes that the person that passed away loved the music that you love that reminds you of them we need tools we need durable useful things to do to help us because grief is for the living it's not for the dead it's what we do um we we who have bodies and hands and feet and 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 mouths and throats and brains it's what we do to um to come to a place of of uh, acceptance and understanding and um and celebration of those who are no longer in that physical state and it's it's a creative improvisational enterprise no less improvisational than being on stage in my in my life i like to see improvisation in everyday actions I like to touch on that word celebration because uh, one thing, well, it's going to become apparent throughout this interview because people are hearing uh, small excerpts of the music as well. But this, despite the fact uh, that we've been talking about the the origin of this album in in loss, in a sense, it really also is grounded very much in a celebration of everything that happened before the loss. And there's so much joy on this album, which... Uh, I wasn't really sure. I Normally, I don't know anything about a record before I listen to it. I did know the story of this record before I listened to it, and I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. And I was, you know, frankly, both surprised and really happy at at how many moments of just clear joy there are throughout this record, because that seems like a wonderful way to commemorate a life well lived with someone. Oh, yeah. Well, joy and pain are twin sisters. Well, they're not like identical twins, <laughs> but they are. <laughs> but they are sisters. And um, when a life has been beautiful, and when, been, when you've been blessed as I have with you know forty years of, a, of an awesome relationship, you know he's worth the tears. The experience is worth mourning because it was so damn. Fabulous. Um, if I was not feeling anything, that would be totally weird. So, and and every loss is different. People say that, but it's true. Every loss is different. Every loss impacts you in a different way. Um, but it's all worth looking at. It's I think when we turn away and say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. That's when trouble um, begins to follow you. I look at this tune, um, Good Morning Heartache, uh, one of the first tunes jazz singers learn from the Book of Holiday. Um, um, Good Morning Heartache, Here We Go Again. I mean, that's how it feels. You know, you open your eyes early in grief and the person is still gone. And they are still gone. And every day after that, they are not there. And you have to incorporate that into your life. And at the end of that song, Good Morning Heartache, she invites Heartache to sit down. Sit down. What a powerful lyric. And it never really made sense except for in a kind of 
you know, cerebral from the neck up. You have to have lived the loss, I think, or a loss or a type of loss to understand what it means to say to heartache, okay, here we go again. Sit down. You're my company now. Yeah, that <laughs> that's incredibly powerful. I, as you're speaking, I sometimes forget that my job is to be interviewing you as opposed to uh, just listening to you talk. <laughs> so, in the silence, I'm kind of waiting for whoever it is that's no. interviewing you to ask the next question so that I can oh, listen to whatever <laughs> whatever else you have it's to say. It's all good. I'm like, oh, that person <laughs> well, is me. <laughs> Oh, it's me. Okay. I guess, I guess I and I'm the thinking one. on mine. I was like, "Is he crying? Is he still there? I, did no. I like totally blow it? Did we get a did we get a like a connection broken or something?" No, no I'm it's just all really, uh, really listening and really, really affected by what you're saying. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'll try to remember that I'm also working at the moment. Um, no, it's I want to uh, now that I've destroyed the mood with my. Uh, my momentary lapse. Um, I, I will then use that as a segue into talking about um, the, some of the folks who are on this album, because the the band on this album, there there are quite a few people, but the, the kind of core musicians really uh, just bring these arrangements to life in some incredibly beautiful ways. And I think particularly of uh, Miki Hayama and also the, uh, Keith, Keith Ganz's work throughout both really just stand out to me. And I thought maybe if you could just say a few words about, about them or anyone else you'd like to highlight on the record. Oh, sure. Mickey Hayama is my, um, she's just my very, very good friend, but she's also um, my music director. And so she wrote most of the arrangements. She um, listened to me. She listened to my heart. Um, we went back and forth with some different tunes. Uh, the Jim Croce tune, Time in a Bottle, she was not familiar with. And so I introduced her to Jim Croce. And somehow we had to make the leap from singer-songwriter, 1970s, very individual kind of voice, and translate it into what Nina Freelon and group could do with the overlay of, of um, Phil's death. And everybody in the band knew him. Everyone had, a, had a, a connection with him in some kind of a way. So when we put our heads together to try to create a, a, an arrangement container for any particular song, it was always with the memory of him there. Now, some of these tracks are recorded before he passed away, but he was very um, ill. And we could all see that it was truly a matter of time. So the idea of choosing tunes that have time somewhere in their, um, if not in the title, somewhere in the, um, in the feel of them was also something that we were looking at. And, and, and again, we talk about layers because they're, they're tunes I have a relationship with, Phil has a relationship with. And interestingly enough, a lot, of, a lot of them had something to do with time. So time after time and time in a bottle is just 
this, you know, come rain or come shine, and it's ple- pleading, um, uh, promising moments of, you know, I'm going to love you like nobody's loved you, like come rain or come shine, high as a mountain, deep as a river. That's the kind of love that you agree to when you say you're going to marry someone, but you don't really know what you're talking about <laughs> because <laughs> life hasn't happened. <laughs> but, um, but you agree anyway. And lo and behold, through thick and through thin, through high and through low, through death do us part. Even though you didn't know what that meant, you, you see it unfolding you know, in your life. And so Mickey was an awesome, awesome partner. If I said to her, girl, I need to take this thing to church because that's where I'm feeling it. We would try out some different ideas. Um, um, You know, Keith Gantz, what a great player, you know, tasty, sensitive, listens, um, wove his beautiful sound in and out in in artful, masterful ways. Um, Gerald Veasley, who is a a great, great friend, wonderful bass player, wonderful friend, you know, just came in with high art and um, a high level of sensitivity. My guys on the title track, uh, Time Traveler, Lance, Scott, um, Chucky Robinson, and... um, and John on John Curry on drums. So that track was, is the most recent track. That one was tracked after most of the other ones were finished. And I really felt like I needed time traveler, um, which was a poem. It was a poem and it bears, if you looked at the poem, you would say, wow, I don't see how you got from there to there. Um, Because when we went into the studio, the only instruction I gave the guys was, um, you all knew my husband, you know he's passed, but everybody has had somebody who's passed. I want you to channel whoever that is who had importance for you. Open your heart. We don't have a chart. We don't have an arrangement. But this is the feeling I'm looking for. So Chucky is on... Um, on uh, keyboards and piano and Chucky is sounding from the church and we started we just started playing it was a jam session which we pulled elements lyrical elements uh, melodic elements rhythmic elements from um from our own from our own spirits and from a mysterious place that no one can say you know they did it. You know, I can't say I wrote that song. I can say I was in the room when it was downloaded. That's what I can honestly say. And using, and I played my, and I played my husband's voice before we began playing a single note, his very sweet voice memo to me, which I discovered after he passed. And then we started playing just wanted to leave a few thoughts. The fact that I love you so very much, the sound of my voice will give you fond memory of 
moment to thank the folks who make the jazz session possible starting with the members who support it and also the respect sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music and dave rabel for the logo chuck ingersoll is the voice of the intro you can hire him at hearchucknow.com follow the jazz session on twitter at jazz sesh and on instagram at the jazz session take a second right now to rate and review the jazz session on apple podcasts or wherever you listen it greatly improves my chances of reaching new listeners if you'd like to keep up to date on my podcast, my poetry, my van travels, and more, you can subscribe to my newsletter. Just go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. And now, back to the episode. Well, you've you've hit on exactly the next thing I was going to mention, which is, um, you know, as someone who does what I do for a living and just as someone who's interested in the human voice, uh, I I often find that I I don't feel like I have a complete picture of someone until I've heard their voice. Now, in the case of your husband, I never met him at all. I have no picture except that his voice is on this record, which was such an arresting moment for me. Uh, It's obviously, you know, very intimate and beautiful, the the content of what we're listening to, but also just, uh, you know, knowing that he existed is one thing and hearing a kind of tangible proof of his existence is another. And so I was just really, really moved and, uh, by the, by the inclusion of his voice i just i thought it was a beautiful way for all of those of us you know many more people will listen to this album who didn't know him than did and i thought it oh, was yeah. a beautiful way for those of us in that situation to kind of be brought just a little bit in uh to his life yeah i mean it was it was frankly after we we created um time traveler and we edited in this little, and this was just a slice of a voice memo that was longer. Um, I had a momentary sort of, gee, wow, this is so personal. Should I, you know, should I include this? Because it does work without it. And the voice in my spirit said, absolutely, yes, include it. Absolutely, yes. And that was all I needed to hear was my intuition um, speaking loudly to me that, you know, it isn't really about you. Um, It's about something bigger than you. So I, with some amount of trepidation, um, um, went ahead with, my engineer, Jason Richmond, who really should be given a lot of credit for this track because he artfully 
edited and um, shaped this moment so that it felt um, cohesive and beautiful and um, didn't take away any of the improvisational elements or the, or the, um, you know, the vibe that we, because everybody was in tears, everybody, engineer, everybody. When we finished tracking that, we were just like, and it, and it's a much longer track than what you hear and several takes and several different seals. And, you know, everybody was like, everybody needed a moment. I mean, I had to get out and walk, <laughs> walk around a little bit because it was tangible, the feel in the room. That's how you know that it's not just you. And I, I believe every musician has had those moments. It's not always around grief. Sometimes it's just around, wow, that was some higher power stuff right there. Now that we're uh, perhaps coming out of the the worst of the pandemic and there's some chance at least that uh, people will be doing live performances more regularly again are you uh, are you looking for uh, forward to chances to perform this music for people i am you know i am um i am looking at different ways to present it so that um it feels like um, not so much like performance, but real, I don't know if there's a word for it, just a revealing moment. Um, I, this isn't a show for me. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't see that. Da, 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 da. You know, I can't, right. I get it. It's not that. It's not that. It's also not a funeral or a memorial service. So I am working now um, on my my own spirit, but also looking ahead to when hopefully I'll be able to get on, on the road. I think everybody is hungry for uh, connection and for coming back together. So I don't think it's going to be, a, you know, a heavy lift to, um, you know, to be out in the world performing this music I, I don't see that as being a hard thing for the audience but I do want to frame this in some kind of way that it is possible for me to get through it because it's there's still emotional landmines for me in all of this oh you know and probably always will be so um I'm just you know trying to figure that part of it out. How I feel, my love, mere 
as we draw to a close, um, I know you're also working on a project outside of the album um, talking about grief. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. Um, it's outside inside this project. It's, um, it's a podcast called Great Grief. And I'm in partnership with WNC Radio. Um, it, it's another container for my grief. Story Forward, Music Forward podcast, all original music around, um, around grief. What I found is it's kind of a taboo subject. People don't really want to talk about it. And I find music is a way of opening those doors. So when words start to fail us, we go straight to the music and um, let it carry us where words can't. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not an advice columnist. I am a singer and I am a storyteller. And that's what great grief is, a safe space for people to enter into a world of story and song um, around change and loss. And when are folks going to be able to hear that? Uh, the first episode uh, pilot releases June, uh, Thursday, June 3rd. I think it's a thir the third on WUNC and anywhere you get your podcast. Great grief. Fabulous. Uh, we've been talking on this show with Nina Freelon. Her new album is called Time Traveler. Uh, I've been a, a big fan of yours for years. It's been a real pleasure uh, to talk to you, and I thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Jazz Session. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for my invitation to the Jazz Sessions. I'm looking forward to checking out more of what you do, too. Thanks to my guest this week, Nina Freelon. If you value what you just heard, become a member for 5 or $10 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.